What is up, everybody out in the LinkedIn and YouTube world? Your host, Joel Algie here with what I consider to be probably my favorite episode ever. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, welcome, everybody. This is the Headhunter Hideout live stream. And today we have Sean Anderson with us, who I should maybe just call you you boss from now on. Uh, <laughs> but Sean is uh, he is the founder of Huxo Media, who is our new sponsor. And he has a rich history in the recruitment world and has also a big inspiration to me for uh, just, you know, content creation, marketing, and and really understanding that. And Sean has a podcast uh, that's been running for four seasons, features global recruitment experts, and he gets thousands of downloads a month. So I'm honored to have him on the show. And uh, yeah, man, I... I'd love you. I'd love for you just to give a brief introduction of what you do and and how you got into recruiting. But welcome to the show, man. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Um, it's a bit later where I am, seven p.m. So uh, I've just had to throw the dog in the in his cage next door because he was just circling the room. So nice. If, you, if I do bolt off, it's because he's like burst out the cage and he's uh, he's lost the plot. Well, you got the nice mood lighting in the back too. You, oh, yeah. you really yeah. set it up nice. Scene for you tonight. But um, yeah, so <laughs> for those that don't know, um. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, and we are a, um, we're a we're a marketing agency, a content marketing agency that specifically works with recruiters around the world. So we we work with recruitment agencies, and we help individual recruiters build personal brands. Um, uh, we've been going for just over well, just al- almost four years. We started in March 2017, uh, and you know we're currently working with about. 200 agencies and about 3,000 recruiters around the world right now. And we're coaching them on, you know, the agencies, we are the branding partner. We're producing assets. We're running events. We're running webinars, socials, podcasts, um, always with lead generation and, you know, client penetration aspects. How do we use marketing to get recruiters through the door and do their job better? And then individually, we're, ho- we're helping through the academy. Um, recruiters do what what we do, which is, you know, sit there on LinkedIn and, and go from just posting jobs to, to actually building a, a brand that adds value to a community and, and ultimately helps them win business. I love it, man. And, and, you know, so many people, I get a lot of DMs around this this topic. And what I think is really interesting is, uh, you know, how we get started, particularly on the content marketing side of things. So I know that you have been active on LinkedIn for a long time, but mm. I know that, you know, just from hearing parts of your story, you, you started creating content on Instagram as well, uh, before, mm-hmm. you know, before LinkedIn. So why don't you, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about the journey of how you kind of transitioned from sure. recruitment into content marketing mm-hmm. and maybe let's even just take a step, step, uh, step back. Why don't you just tell us how you got into recruiting and, and your background with recruiting and yeah. then we'll just evolve the story from there. Okay. So, um, so it all started 10 years ago. So I was a school teacher in uh, in the north of england in sheffield I'm, i went to university in sheffield got a job as a school teacher i was a pe teacher for three and a half years and then i got to about I got that's, to a, that's a gym teacher too just for gym. all americans yeah. out there gym physical education um, there we go so gym teacher and then i got to the age of 24 and i i realized i was i just wanted to travel and see the world wanted to do some stuff and you know I was, I was closer in age to a lot of the children i was teaching than the, than the rest of the staff so I felt like I just needed to break out and do something else. Um, so I went traveling. I ended up in Australia with my two best mates and my younger brother. And when we got to Melbourne, 
we'd run out of money. So we landed in Australia with plans to travel the country, but we didn't have any money left. We, we, drank, nice. it all we drank it all the way in Asia. And then, so, you know, I'm a school teacher, but my qualification in the UK wasn't valid in Australia. So I couldn't teach. And to be honest, I was quite excited by doing something else. So we did a load of random shitty jobs. You know, I was ripping up carpets at an airport. I was a barista in a coffee shop for a while. I was waiting on tables. I was, I was working on building sites. Um, and then my friend, one of my, well, one of the guys I was traveling with, he got a job in recruitment and he, he got a really good salary and he had an opportunity to get a, a visa in Australia for like four years. So I, um, I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool. So me and my brother and my other mate, we all started to call, just ring around Melbourne trying to get jobs. And I, uh, I managed to get a job at Randstad, who are the second biggest recruitment company in the world. So there's like, you know, thousands of employees in every country you can think of. Um, so I joined their IT division in March, no, May 2011. So yeah. Yeah, 10 years ago. Um, and I knew nothing about IT, like genuinely nothing. I couldn't tell you what an app was from infrastructure, hardware. I know I didn't own a laptop till I was 21 and I was 24, 25. So for me, it was a stupidly technical market to enter when... Uh, but I could talk and I was quite good at communicating with people. And, you know, there's a lot of expat Brits in, in, in Australia and I, I did well, I, I got to, so I did it, I did it. I was there for just over a year, a year and a half. And I got about 28 contractors running in a, in a, in a, in a temp marketplace. And then I knew I had the decision to make, do I stay in Australia? I'm turning yeah. 20, turning 26. Do I stay in Australia and commit to being an Aussie, an expat over there? Or did I, did I come back? And and I and I I wanted to. I, I'm from Manchester, and I live there. And I'm back in Manchester now. But when I was younger, I, I fancied London. I was like, you know, it's the biggest city in the country, the capital. Everyone in Australian recruitment talks about the London market being so competitive, and you know, it's like the Premier League of recruitment. So I fancied it. So I, me and my two mates, moved to London, um, and then I joined a startup recruitment firm called Venquis, who that were just over a year old, about six, seven staff. So I went from working for a 300-man recruitment firm on one desk at Randstad where you could just get lost, to be honest. It was like the Daily Planet in Superman. It was just shit going on, and it was loud, and it was wicked to be in one of seven people in this room in right in Trafalgar Square in London in, 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 by Nelson's col column. And I was like, fuck, this is, this is hard. Like, this was real recruitment now. Like, I didn't have any clients. You know, there was no brand. When I rang up saying Vanquist, people were people like, who? Like Vanquist Bank, maybe? Like, well, <laughs> you know. Um, so, are you still doing IT and, and yeah, so I'd moved into, and... I'd moved in, in Melbourne. I, I, I kind of cornered business analysis and project management as the within technology, but they were the two things I was good at. I knew I could understand what they did. It was a lot less technical, a lot more business focused. So, when I, when I joined the business in London, I, I chose a recruiter that would put me on a similar desk and it was contract business analysis, project management into insurance, which not many people know, but Lloyd's of London insurance market in, in, in the city of London is a square mile of, of companies. There's like 300 companies in a square mile that are ridiculously old school in their approach. Like they live in the pub, like from 11 a.m. on a Monday till 5 p.m. on a Friday. And they are ridiculously archaic. Like these guys trade with like stamps and rubber stamps and pen and paper Trading like, you know, like David Beckham's right foot would be sponsored, would be insured in Lloyd's of London by a guy with a briefcase or Tutankhamun being shipped across the world would be underwritten in Lloyd's. So it's, it's specialty insurance, right? Really. So I'm working with the brokers and underwriters on 
amazing implement basic system implementation projects and stuff like that. Anyway, I did that for nearly five years, and I was I was a really strong recruiter for him. I was uh, I build about two point five million in the time I was there by myself. I, I was a my third year. I hit seven hundred thousand, um, and then I started training people and building teams. I, and when I left, I was managing about two point five million pounds worth of contract business across the UK. So. Um, that's a lot of contractors. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was there single-handedly, their biggest biller, but also the leading the biggest part of the business. And I was a good, I was a, I was a good recruiter. I was a top performer. Um, and then I decided I wanted to start a business with my best friend Amma, who's my business partner. You, you know pretty well. Yeah. Um, and he was working in. He's, he was with me on that whole journey. He was a teacher, went to Australia, and he got into education recruitment, having been a teacher. So. In London, he was sat doing education recruitment and I'm doing like change and projects, technology. And the billings I was doing were like blowing his out the water. I was making more commission. So when we decided to launch a recruitment company together, you know, the two divisions wouldn't talk to each other. So I decided to get him to work for my firm. So he came and joined my business, started a new division. But two years later, the plan was to leave and start a change and transformation recruitment company called Hoxup. Um, and that was the plan and we were going, we were, we were flying. Like we were, we, 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 we bought the domains. We've got the CRM. We're talking like mid to late 2016 with a plan to start in early 2017. And we were both due bonuses and stuff. So we had to wait for that. Um, but I was like, I don't know. I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but there was something about just launching another recruitment firm like everybody else that was, wasn't was really exciting me so much. And I think it's because I wasn't billing very much anymore. I was doing a lot of leadership. I was hiring recruiters, training recruiters, BD. I wasn't really doing any. I filled like one job in the last year I was there. So I was like, fuck, the thought of in my underpants picking up the phone to candidates again. I was like, and then when I read my contract, I had a really tight non-compete clause that I couldn't call any of my customers. So how, how long was the non-compete? Six months, but okay. it's long enough. And then I was watching a lot of Gary V in the early days when he was like nowhere near what he is now. But I was watching Gary V, Stephen Bartlett at Social Chain, um, bit of Casey Neistat on YouTube, and I kept looking at the views on on these videos and thinking they don't like they don't know who I am, but I'm watching what they're doing. And then I read my contract and I said, "There's nothing in here that says people can't watch me." And I was like, what? I was like, well, I can't call them. <laughs> I can't call them, but I can I can sell to them through video. I could I could make a video. And, and I'm I'm playing a YouTube clip for him going, what if we did that? And everyone's watching it. And he's like, why would they watch us? I was like, well, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. So I went on this rampage of learning like marketing skills and watching videos. And I bought a lot of training courses and all with the aim of creating Hoxo, this like brand first recruitment business. Um. And then I also went to find a marketing agency. I had a bit of cash. I was like, why don't we get a branding consultancy to help? Um, and I just couldn't find anyone that understood what I was saying. Like the, the guys who were doing recruitment marketing were, they were just offering me to write blogs. And I was like, I don't want to write blogs. I want to I want to produce like video. They were like, not many were doing it then. And you couldn't even upload a video on LinkedIn. It was all about just, you know, you could upload a YouTube, a YouTube clip, but there's no native video. And at the time, I, in the UK, I didn't see any single person that I could find doing it. So I was like, 
maybe I could build an agency. If I can do it myself, maybe on the side, I'll build an agency. So the original plan for Hoxo was be a recruitment company and then on the side, sell the services I was proving were working to, to non-competing brands. Yeah. And I found a marketeer that I grew up with who was up for it. And there was three of us and we were like, right, you're going to work with us. We're going to do recruitment and then we'll sell you out to the as, as like a secondary income. Yeah. And uh, what happened was before we even launched the recruitment company, I kind of built this deck of what I wanted to do. And a lot of my mates of mates that were owners of like new startup recruitment companies who had a bit of cash to a kind of similar age were like, we'll buy it. And I was like, buy what? And they were like, what you're saying, we'll do it now. And I was like, we haven't even started yet. And they were like, so? So that was like literally exactly four years ago, like end of January, I quit my job on the 31st of Jan. And then I was already working for free with clients in February just as a trial. And then we launched on March the 1st. So um, so, you, so those were YouTube video, they were links, like on so LinkedIn. At the time, at the time was... At the time, was like, we'll record a lot of vlogs, videos, put them on YouTube, connect them to your LinkedIn. You know, we'll do X amount of video and content a month. Um, you know, there, there will be written content. We had a copywriter we pulled in. There's a few things we do. I mean, it's totally different to what we do now. But, um, you know, it took off. It went It went, um, It went. went off, and then we never launched a recruitment company. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, hey, I know... Uh... Victoria just said video, the millennial only, which I, I'd love to get a little bit more context ar around that, Victoria. Mm -hmm. uh, get, getting back to getting back to the whole the whole video scene. So no one else is is doing video. How um, when how long was it after that until LinkedIn introduced video? I mean, I think it was about. I think if I remember correct, it was about September. So it was like my first six seven months of Hoxo. Everything was YouTube, and then yeah. we created we created this vlog series called Hoxo Life. Right. So my first hire was JJ. You've met JJ. Yeah. Um, he was an intern. He was an engineering degree graduate that was that had a, had a million views on his YouTube channel, and you know Bangladeshi background. His parents wanted him to be an engineer. He fucking hated it, but he did it. And then I was like, we gave him an internship, a couple of weeks, did a few videos. We're like, wicked first hire, and. He, his first project was Hoxo Live. So he followed me around London, like vlogging with this really bad camera, <laughs> like this really cheap Canon camera. And uh, you can go on our YouTube, watch the first videos. They're, they're pretty bad. But like the first video was a 14 minute vlog of what I'd done that week. And it was like, uh, why anyone would watch that shit? I don't know. Um, but do you know what? Like people did. And we got so much attention early on because we were the, oh, like, like, what are these guys doing? Um, I think the big, the big difference back then was LinkedIn, I, I had this vision that LinkedIn would become more like Instagram and Facebook where it'd be entertaining, it would yeah. have video, it would be really like community and fluid, whereas at the time it was very, it was all writing, it was blogs, articles and, and job postings. It was, I found it quite boring to be honest. Um, and so at the early days, every recruitment company we worked with was like, what are you going to do on Insta? What are you going to do on Facebook? What are you going to do on Twitter? And we kind of got spread across lots of things and then the vision I had started to come true that actually LinkedIn was capable of uploading video and, you know, building groups and communicate the comments and the, enga and the engagement, the reach started to grow. I remember I did a, I did a video in 2017 about going to the gym that got like a quarter of a million views. And it was just walking down the street talking about the gym. And you, you couldn't do that now. You'd be with the quality I did, you'd be pretty lucky to get anywhere near like a thousand views probably. <laughs> um, but no one else when I started was doing this. Well, I, I remember the early days. I know a couple of people that were early adopters. And like you said, they would throw out a video about 
you know what it could be just being young in the workplace and they yeah. get half a million views 3000 reactions um so you were you were one of the early adopters so like what i mean did you have people reaching out to you that you worked with? How how was it on the client development side with just videos like that? I mean, it sounds like they're just random videos. Yeah, we, they, they weren't random. I mean, we, we did a lot of vlogging, just following us around. And then we did a lot of like just information videos, like talking about topics that we would come up. I, I was quite good at going, right, I've just got off the phone. I didn't really like what I heard. And this is my take on it. So I kept... I still have this mantra that content should come from your day job rather than I don't pluck like creative ideas from thin air. It's not my style. I don't have the time or the, I don't even know if I'm very good at it. What I do do is I document when things happen and then I talk about them. I tell stories about them. So I was quite good at that. But yeah, the first, first few months we were picking up the phone. And then after that, we've never called anyone since like literally we got a lot of time wasters back then. Like a lot of people would want to know what it was we did, but we didn't, didn't really want to buy it. Yeah. Um, Whereas now, you know, since COVID, everyone seems to understand the value of LinkedIn content, marketing and branding and, and having a consistent stream of content for, for a target audience. That, that's become, you know, it's pretty normal, I think, for, for people to invest in that now. So, um, but back then, you know, it was, for me, it was, a, I was more confident on video than I was writing. That was the thing I, I've, and I'm still a little bit, I'm not the best writer. I'm not the best reader. Um, I was always quite slow, whereas when it came to communication, I found talking as the, you know, I wanted to be on the radio as a kid. Like that was one thing I used to love. I used to love, I'd drive to school with my mom and I didn't want to get out of the car because I'd be like, I love the radio. And I used to say, I'd love to do that job. All they do is talk. And then I'd get told off for talking in class. <laughs> and I'd be like, maybe, you know, but recruitment was a way of me using my 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 communication, verbal communication skills and, you know, influencing and, to make more, more money than I knew possible. And that same skill set of building relationships offline, I realized I could just do the same sort of things online, you know? Yeah. I, I also realized like in recruitment, there was there was some, I, I the, the thing I found the hardest was I, I used to spend hours and hours building relationships with customers and candidates. And then as my job got bigger as I got promoted I didn't have the time to talk to those people regularly yeah. and I would get I would hire someone for my team and I'd say call that guy and tell him you work for me as a way in and and try and you know feed my relationships down and what happened was clients in inadvertently thought I was just ignoring them and I used to get a lot of messages like here he is Billy Big Balls like where have you gone like <laughs> and I was like I've been promoted like you know I've, I'm trying to build a career but now with content, you know, I'm able to build a team. I'm able to step away from, like, I don't call clients anymore like I used to. I've got a team that do it. But my face is in front of them every day. So I can still DM them. I can still reply. I still build a relationship. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm literally, you know, I'm clogging their newsfeed half the time. But it doesn't take much time to do it. It's, it's you know, I, I could if I'd have known that then, I could have kept my face really firmly in the market and done the job that, people were asking me to do. No, it makes, makes a lot of sense. I know one thing that you talk about a lot is, you know, obviously in recruiting, you're doing cold calls, you're reaching out to existing clients. I mean, you're reaching out to the existing clients, current clients, mm. uh, prospects, and, you know, you post one LinkedIn video, you, even if you do get a thousand views, you think about the amount of time it would take to call each one of those people, That's and insane. you're able to do that in, in half an hour. So I, I love that. And uh, we did... Uh, Victoria did just uh, clarify some of this. So I just do want to touch point. She just said, 
videos 10 years ago or well video 10 years ago our bread and butter older generations had newspapers so definitely some changes there we got yeah. aaron that says hey so good to see you aaron and then tell says hi and then um, victoria just said now it's short eclipse 15 second tiktoks which mm. i want to actually get to in, in in just a moment uh and then anisa just said i really resonate with what sean is saying about communication style and preferring conversational pieces on documented videos Thank you for tuning into this episode. I wanted to take a moment to introduce my sponsor, Hoxo Media are the world's leading content marketing agency for the recruitment industry. They're currently working with over 250 recruitment agencies that includes 3000 recruitment consultants across the world. They help them build LinkedIn brands that open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology daily. In 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy is changing. They have launched an eight-week personal brand program, which you can roll out across your whole business. The Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters that rely on outbound calls to attract candidates and clients. Those who often lack the knowledge of how to use LinkedIn for anything other than posting jobs and in-mails. They struggle with both the ideas and the confidence when it comes to producing relevant content. Post-COVID-19, we all know that the world is truly digital. The modern recruiter needs to have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The Huxo Academy helps every recruiter in your agency achieve this in eight weeks, enrolling a new cohort of training at the start of each calendar month. For the first 50 customers of 2021, they are offering you the chance to enroll unlimited users onto the program for 12 months at no extra cost. So you have 50 or 500 consultants now, or you plan to hire more throughout the year, you can rest assured that they will get all the training they need to build a brand that wins business on LinkedIn. Please click the link attached to this episode or DM me on LinkedIn to find out how your agency can join the program. If you've been in this academy, please add in some information about your experience. We'd love to hear from you and why you chose to partner with us as you truly believe in the impact it can have in the way that modern recruiters work. I, I want to transition here a little bit and just talk about the podcast because I'm curious about what envisioned you to, to kind of start the podcast because I know the podcast has been going around for or going on for a couple of years. Two and, years. Yeah, and, and podcasting obviously right now it's the hot the hot thing, right? Everybody wants to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. So you were an early adopter of that or somewhat early adopter of that probably yeah. for recruiting pretty early. So walk me through that. How did, how did that happen? Well, I listened to podcasts from about 2015 and I loved them. And I, and again, that was another inspiration for what I do. And, and, but I kind of thought originally you needed to like be paid for it. Like I thought it was like a job, like a radio show or something. And it was only when I started Hoxo that I realized you could, you can create a podcast. Right. And then, and then, you know, I, I researched and there wasn't anything out there for our industry that I felt like I wanted to listen to. Um, and then there was a guy called Hisham Azuz that some people may have heard of that worked for me. And I hired him in May 2018. He worked with me for a year. Great guy. Did really well. And he just started a podcast in his bedroom called The Recruitment Roller Coaster, which was a podcast to interview recruiters and talk about the kind of highs and lows of the job. Yeah, and I was like, like that. and I was like, wicked. So he joined the business. We were like, we'll, we'll sponsor it. Um, I'll do some guest hosting with you. And, and we built him a studio. So we had this old, like, converted warehouse office. It looked cool, but it was terrible in the in reality. It was freezing <laughs> cold. It was either boiling hot or freezing cold. It, nothing worked. But anyway, 
we built him this. We paid for like soundproofing panels and we, we, we built him all the equipment and it was wicked. Um, and he had people from far and wide, Scotland, Ireland, like coming into the office, clients to meet us to be on the show, um, which was great. But then I realized having listened to it, it was great, but it wasn't the show I wanted to listen to. So it was really, how did you get into recruitment? And what are the highs and lows of being a recruiter? Which that's fine for some people. But for me, as a business owner, I was more interested in how business owners built their companies. And I felt like there was actually, when I was looking to launch Hoxo in 2016 as a recruiter, there was no content out there to help me. Like I couldn't talk to my boss because they knew I would be leaving then. And you know, you can't do that in our industry. There was nothing out there. So I was like, well, you know, how could I, I could offer something that no one else is doing, which is interviewing top recruitment owners, tell their story and, you know, the warts and all the reality and then inspire the next generation. So those that are in the kind of thick of growing now and those that haven't even started that are the, the Sean from years ago, um, you know, nurture my future client base as well. That was the idea. And so we started in January, 2018. 2019, two years ago, and had a, I'd built a bit of a brand on LinkedIn. And so when I first went live, I had four good guests, one a week, and I think we got about a thousand downloads in month one, which I was pretty happy with. Man, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was really pleased and I loved it. I knew straight away it was the thing that I was going to enjoy the most. Like listening back, I wasn't very good at the beginning. I think I was a bit nervous and, you know, it wasn't really natural, but, you know, I did it. I, I literally rattled it out. I went one a week from January to 2019. And had a little break in the summer, came back for season two, vamped it up a bit, nicer studio. And then we started getting like five, six, seven, eight thousand listeners a month. And, you know, I had some wicked guests like from. <laughs> yeah, run us through a couple of the guests there because I've. I, uh, so, you know, yeah, I'd, you know, we had Toby Babb from Harrington Star Group, who's launched London and New York. We had Lawrence Harvey. Um, so the, the Tom Glanfield who owns Lawrence Harvey told an unbelievable story about how like, you know, he's, he's got like a three, 400 man business across London, um, New York, Singapore, all these different locations. And, you know, he started his business in his house and he had employees in his flat. He was living upstairs. <laughs> he was like, he literally had his whole flat with office, with, with desks and screens. And he, he even drilled up into his bedroom so he could put more desks in his bedroom. And then his landlord came around and he had to take them all out <laughs> just so the landlord could see the flat and then put them back. Like he's telling stories like that. Um, we had the guys at Talentful who were the most like disruptive brand who've gone from in four years, they went from to 150 staff and 9 million turnover. Um, oh, we've had loads on there. You know, Greg Savage in Australia who's one of the biggest influencers in our industry. Um, the guys from Arrows Group. Um, there's just so many brands. I did literally like, you know, 25 episodes a season and it was great. And, you know, I loved it. And then, um, and then COVID, just before COVID. So a year ago, just after the year anniversary, I'm in the flow. The office is looking good. I'm really enjoying it. And, and literally the week COVID-19 hit us in, in early March, I, I'd recorded two episodes. I was recording two episodes that week. And if you listen to them, one was with a guy called Ben Alexander and one with a guy called David Bloxham. And it was just funny because one was on the Tuesday and one was on the Wednesday and we shut our office on the Thursday. So my my kind of tone on the Tuesday was like, yeah, this COVID thing seems like it's getting quite serious. <laughs> and then on the Wednesday, I'm like, I've just walked through London and there's no one there. <laughs> and then the Thursday was the last day I ever went to my office and now I don't even have an office, right? Crazy. So, so the, the one thing I loved about the podcast was at that point, we had about 7,000 listeners a month. And when COVID 
hit, you know, I had about a week of feeling like the world was going to cave in. And I had clients calling me going, Sean, like, you know, what can we do about our contracts? And we had to like, you know, halve fees and delay payments and we lost loads of money. And, but I was like, you know, I've got this, I've got this show where I can help people and, you know, it's designed to help people. So I decided I was going to go daily. Um, yeah, I remember that. And, I think uh, it was yeah. Greg Savage, the first guy you had on, on that was daily show. He was the third. First yeah. was Joe Mullings in America. So I got, oh, yeah. Joe, yeah. I got, Joe, in, got Joe in America. Then I got um, Greg Savage, James Osborne, Ryan McCabe. I got some big names from all over the world. Um, and I was like, I'm going to bring you an episode every day to give you some confidence and some insights and, and ideas of how we're going to navigate this pandemic as an industry. Yeah. And we went from eight, seven to 14,000 listeners in about six weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, and it just went off. And then we got sponsored by Audro and Vincere, a CRM and a video platform. Um, and now we're just under 20,000 monthly listeners. And, you know, it's been it's been insane. Like, you know, and I, I don't do one a day anymore. I did two a week up until Christmas. And now I'm back to doing one a week just because I've got so many other things to do. Yeah, because don't you, don't you like run a business or something as well? Yeah, yeah. You know? So I've got, okay. I've got yeah. 20, 24 employees. I've got clients all over the world, you know, I, the agency and I've got the academy and there's a lot going on. So I, 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 I do it once a week now, but I still think it's the single most fun thing I do as a business owner. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, well, I, I love it too, man. And just, just a shout out. I listen to the reg. I, what, this is, this is my, uh, it's my daily kind of schedule. I'd, I'd get to work, you know, 8 a.m. I'm at my desk and I do some of my planning. And that's when I'd listen to the podcast really just to get amped up. Because like you said, a lot of the stories are like recruitment owners and they're sharing their story about how they got into being an owner and some of the, some of the challenges and kind of what led up to it. And I think it, at, that, at that time I was already feeling kind of the entrepreneurial itch or like, all right, I want to go kind of do my own thing. And I think in a lot of ways that podcast you know, it inspires it, but then it also kind of creates that. Um, I mean, you tell the truth on it. It's not all yeah. roses and sunshine. No. It's like, hey, this is what it's actually going to take. And uh, and it really motivated him, just motivated me to get on the phone and, and start doing deals. Uh, so sure huge, yeah, huge shout out. And it, which is amazing because we talking about this yesterday. It's like, uh, you know, you're in England, I'm in the US. And to think that you're able to have that much of an impact on someone in a different country. It's insane. Uh, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, 20 years ago, that just it wouldn't wouldn't even. Well, I've, had, I've had messages. I, I reckon we've had at least 20 recruitment companies that have started because of the show. Like people have messaged me and said, "Sean, I've took the plunge. Thank you for all your inspiration." I don't even know these people, you know. Um, right, Joel, this is the reality of live stream. I'm going to have to let the dog out because he's going crazy. He's going to run. Good. In. You're going to see. You're gonna I'm, see. I'm, I'll, I'll get to the, some of the comments here. So, Alex. You serve rec to rec business, uh, certainly do. So let's uh, let's get in contact, and then uh, this is the dog. I'm just going to show you. On yeah, the live. show the dog. This is live stream right here. This is Henry. Henry, oh he's pretty cute, and he doesn't want to be in his cage, do you? No. All right. So how, how old is Henry now? He's uh, 18 months, and he's he's happy to be back in the room with me. But I was worried he'd, he'd like chew the chairs or something. While no, man, I get it. I get it. I think. The cool thing is, it's not just live stream; it's work from home. So uh, I think oh, yeah. you know, we're all in the same boat there. Uh, yeah, I was just saying. Alex just said, "Do you serve rec to rec?" And I said, "Certainly." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah get, we have we'll rec to rec. We have rec to rec clients for sure. And then Tom just said, "What a match, gents! Excited to see what both of you do together." Joel kills the writing, and Sean does video. 
that's probably like a little bit of a, a bash on the way I look, but that's okay. Both are passionate <laughs> and inbound uh, about inbound marketing for recruitment. So thanks 100%. for that shout out. And, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, we've got some, now everyone's all about the dog now. He's, Henry, the he's, show. he's a good boy. Uh, you know what? One of the biggest posts I've ever had. If you look at my LinTin profile, I saw, you've got it and you're featured. I've yeah. got 900 likes on, on a, on a post about Henry, you know, cause I've had a really interesting year since I got him and, He's been like my little guardian angel in the corner. And he's, and, and, you know, he used to come to the office every day. And then I felt quite bad. And then now I've literally spent like every minute of every day with him, pretty much. Like he's literally nonstop. Well, I'm about to just throw some like theme music on, on there for this story. <laughs> yeah, he's wicked. Um, All right. So you, so we, you know, you got the agency, you got the podcast. Man, let's, let's talk about the academy for a little bit because I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear about. Yeah, you know, what was the the uh, inspiration behind the academy? And just give us a little background on the academy. Yeah, yeah. So, so, the, so back in 2018, I remember when I I, I realized that this, this phrase personal brand was something that was just not going to go away, right? And I don't remember if anyone's watching and they want to write in the comments. I can't see the comments. You can, but let us know if if four or five years ago, if you were in recruitment or any job, had you have had you heard the phrase personal brand at all? Like to me, I hadn't, and now it, it was becoming a phrase, right? 2018 and I had this idea that I could create like a personal brand product or club or something but I never did it um and uh it was always something I was like I've got to do it. and I used to help individuals within my client base so I'd have like one-on-one -on -one calls with CEOs and I'd give them advice and like a coaching type thing yeah, yeah. but I'd not really like planned it out and I'd realized I'd, I actually had a decent little formula for myself like I'd I'd worked out like what content worked, what I was going to do each day. I had a content planning template. Like I had all these things I'd built myself, but I wasn't really giving away to my client base. And then when COVID hit and uh, I, I literally, I, again, I wanted to help. And, and I, I kept getting calls going, Sean, I've furloughed, you know, 80% of my staff. Like we don't have a team left and I've got to, I haven't picked up the phone and done a business development call in five years. Um, you know, some people were like, I've never made a call and I, I've got to get back on the fucking tools. Like, what can I do? Like, can you help? So I was like, and this was like constantly happening. I was getting call after call after call. So in, in April, I was like, I'm going to basically document everything that I've done over the last four years from being a recruiter like you to being someone who's built a whole business off the back of my personal brand. Because um, 90% of Hoxo's revenue has come as a result of the content I've done. So and I know it works and I, and I've, and I'm not a marketer. I didn't work in marketing. I don't have a marketing degree. I had no reason to do this shit, but I did it. So I was like, I think I can connect to the people. And so I built this program. It, originally it was like 12 weeks and it was a zoom mastermind. And I invited recruitment owners to join a community and we, you know, it took off. And then we, we, we got 165 recruitment owners joined the, joined the club in, in 2020. And that was in Australia, Singapore, Thailand, Dubai, mainly in the UK. We had, I don't think we had anyone in the US, actually. Um, maybe one or two. But 165 business owners joined. And, and you know what? It was probably, again, like after the podcast, it was the next best thing I've ever done because it was, it was like therapy for me and them because this was the darkest time we've ever had. And, you know, just bringing us together every week and asking, how are you? Like, what are you going through? And then putting and actually seeing the results. Like a couple of people were getting like millions of views on LinkedIn. And one guy made 100,000 in the 12 weeks just off a couple of posts. And, you know, but more than anything, we communicated together. We kept each other going. 
Like I went through some absolute shit last year, personally. I ended up leaving London, moving to Spain, coming back, moving to Manchester. I've not been here for 16 years. You know, some really like tough times. And to have groups of entrepreneurs around me building me up, it was, it was, it was, it was the best feeling ever. Um, and so the academy program, you know, was uh, people coming in, learning, and then they were, you know, they had the confidence to produce content. You know, we're not talking like really slick, edited up, like Premier Pro training type stuff. It's it's more, your, I'm a sales guy. How can I use online tools and just the job that I do and the skills that Sean's got to be more confident and more visible and get results? And so, you know, I teach people how to pro, how to sort their LinkedIn profile out, how to build an audience. What are the things you should do on LinkedIn each day behind the scenes before you even post a and then I've got this PVC formula for producing content, which is personal, valuable, credible. I have this style of content that I've always done and it works and it works when I when I train people. And then there's how to produce video, how to do copywriting and how to plan your content so that you save time. And this whole product, what I found was by the back end of the year, all the owners were trying to then train their teams because we had people that all their staff came back and they'd loved it. And they're like, oh my God, I've just done this Hoxo Academy. And then they're trying to train 10, 20 recruiters in a room and, and they're like, oh, fuck, I wish Sean could do this. Yeah. So I had a few call me going, could you just do the academy for my team now and I'll pay you to do it? And I was like, yeah, of course. But then I was like, well, why don't we just do the same thing? Like, why don't we make it more inclusive and run it as a bigger product? So now in 2021, we've turned it into what we call the personal brand launch, which you are obviously involved in in the US and we've got a guy in Australia and we've got teams in Europe and, U and the UK. Um where we will effectively take your whole recruitment business from, you know, sitting on LinkedIn, knowing that it's important to produce content, but not knowing where to start, to being confident, understanding what to produce, how to produce, how to get engagement, what to track. So that what I worked out was that you can have the best company page and brand is the, the, that anyone's ever had as a recruitment company. But if you don't have a desk level, people impacting daily on social media, you're not going to get the complete value of what your brand could be um and one second <laughs> all uh, good get off. <laughs> literally here's a lot because it we i will go back to what i was saying but we've had like this monsoon we've had, we've had a storm in the uk storm christoph and it's not stopped raining since saturday so i can't really go out much so the dog is losing are the all, the, are, are the football games still had then or are they cancelled uh, i mean they've got ridiculous irrigation systems but a lot oh, yeah, of people, okay. a lot of people that are being evacuated where I grew up and stuff. Like it's getting serious now. Um, Crazy. So, um, so yeah, the dog's not had any real exercise for three days like he normally would. So he's a bit hyper. Anyway, um, so yeah, this course now we're you know we're, we're working at scale. So we're taking businesses of multiple recruiters and we're working with them to raise the profile of their, their their team left to right and get that collective compound effect. So if or if all of your team are posting five, six, seven, ten times a week, they're all understanding their audience. They've all got a target audience. They're, they're engaging. They're building communities. I mean, the knock-on effect to revenue is just insane when you get it right. So, yeah, um, yeah we're, um, um, for the first 50 users this year, we're, 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 it's a flat fee. Like we're not charging per person. We're going to go that way because we've got some big companies coming in. Um, but for the first 50, we're saying, look, you know, we'll, we'll, you just don't, and you can enroll unlimited for the 12 months. So if you hire people next month, the month after, month after, they can join the program because we run a, we'll do a new group every four weeks. So, um, and it's all on an e-learning platform as well. So it's like, you've got 
the training. You can watch it as many times as you want. Plus, you've got the live webinars with me. I'm going to get you involved. Yeah. Um, there'll be live coaching. There'll be extra coaching. There's a community. There's, you know, there's a lot going on. But it's, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm so excited about it because I'm, and I'm loving delivering it. Well, and I think, you know, we were talking about this yesterday on on your show as well. You know, it's the future of recruiting. And I think if you're approaching your, you know, your 2020 plan pre-COVID, uh, you know, if your plans haven't changed and if you're not looking at digital, I'm I'm not sure, um, you know, what world you're, you're living in. So I think for most people, it, it's, we all know, I mean, I've, I've worked at agencies where they said, you should be sharing jobs you're working on. You should be sharing industry relevant content. Uh, but even just working at some of the biggest, you know, kind of agencies, you just don't learn no. a real clear strategy of how to execute. And I think as recruiters, we, we're really, really good at doing what we're told. So, hey, go make 100 calls. We all know that we can go make 100 calls. We're going to get X results. Mm. And so I think being able to build that strategy around it is awesome. And some people, yeah. you just, you just, you know, you just need to teach them. And uh, and that's, I think what's cool about the academy is you're packing that four years of where you've made mistakes, what you, where you've gone wrong. And I know firsthand, you know, it takes about six months. If you're, if you're, gonna, if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to get good at content by myself, that learning curve is so steep. Like I didn't yeah. even know what an algorithm was until six months into it. I didn't know what good copywriting was. I didn't have any real strategy uh, for yeah. six months. Right. And so to be able to get people through that in eight weeks is, is massive. So we're going to uh, keep evolving it, right? So we've got a team that are just looking at LinkedIn and thinking about the algorithms and what's going well. And so, you know, it's not a static course. It's a keep, it's a, it's a, it's a we want to be ahead of things so that you don't have to worry about it. You can join the academy knowing that, you know, we've got you covered. That's the plan. I love it, man. I love it. So I know, uh, you know, I usually like to keep these shows at about 40 to 45 minutes just for the, for the users out there. And I know we had a couple of comments come in. So John just said, outside of sports, entertainment, no reference of personal brand. Yeah, uh, John, spot on, and we'll be talking later. And then um, I know a couple of pe other people had said that they'd heard of personal branding, obviously. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny you were talking about that show earlier as well about, you know, the recruitment story and the ups and downs. That's very much what this show is like. So, uh, you know, and I think, one of the cool things was when I started this show, my, my, you know, my vision was to just hear from, you know, people who have done great things in recruiting, learn from them and, uh, and, you know, have a good conversation. And so I love that with your podcast, you are like, what do I want the topic to be? I want it to be something that I'm not hearing right now. And I think the same applies for content. You make content that you're not seeing and you fill that void in the market. So I love that. But why don't you, um, for, for this show, a lot of the focus is, um, you know, really helping people who are just starting out, like you know, get through this, uh, particularly right now, obviously a tough time. So what, what advice, like if you were, if you were to start back over and it's 10 years ago and you're just getting into the recruitment industry, like what would you tell yourself, you know, and especially keeping in mind, like what's going on in the world, it's a tough time. What would you say to somebody who's just started off six months into their career? They're thinking is recruiting right for me? Well, what, what words would you have for them and what encouragement would you have for them right now? Um, I would say like, it's a really simple game, right? It's a really simple game. And I think what, what, what we get so wrapped up in the agency we work for and the pressure of KPIs and deals and things that we probably miss the simplicity of what the job is. And the job is if you're niche, I, I really would not work in a generalist recruitment job. I wouldn't do it. I, I just think I'm UK businesses. We're, we're not massively generalist anyway. And I just think you know, it's a difficult, it's a different role. But for me, if you're, if you're in a niche recruitment role, 
you know, you've got an opportunity to really understand people, understand people that um, that you service. So it's about how how can you know as many people who fit a certain criteria as possible and have some form of relationship with them. Um, and you can you can do that in multiple ways. Back in the day, we we just had to call them. Like we didn't have another choice. You know, we call them. We might buy them a beer. We might buy them lunch. And it was about having a decent database and a good memory, and and that was about it. And now it's about, you know, how do you connect with them on LinkedIn? How do you engage with them? How do you keep them updated with what's going on in the world, from your perspective? And just how do you just be a good person? How do you how do you make sure they they're aware that when they're looking for a job, you know, you're the type of person that that they can that can help them. And and equally on the other side, with the, when it comes to clients, it's exactly the same. You know, I'm not the kind of person that chases or used to chase just spot business all the time. I was like, I know I want to work with you on an ongoing basis, so let's just build a relationship. Yeah. You know, Working with, client, with candidates, I'd be like, I haven't got a fucking job for you, but I want to know who you are, and I want to know. And they'd be like, what? Like, you're ringing me, <laughs> you've got a job? And I'm like, yeah, because I know, I, I know based on looking at your profile that me and you are going to need to know each other. I know it's going to be mutually beneficial. I was yeah. very confident. I was very, very confident in that. You know, I do this job well. You are the exact type of person I find roles for. So why wouldn't I need to know you? And why wouldn't you need to know me? Because there's going to be a point in your career where shit's going to change. you know. And the same for clients. And clients will also at some point need jobs. So I was also very confident in saying to a client, you're going to need me potentially when your own career changes. So let's just invest some time now. Yeah. And that confidence that comes from you know, genuinely wanting to know people actually is what turns into revenue. So I would say, you know, the reason I was strong personal branding online is because I was good at it offline. I was good at talking about myself. I was good at talking about the wives and the kids and the dogs and the shit that's not recruitment related. And I actually built friendships and real relationships with people. I was not that one guy who called up about that job once. Like, it's not the guy I am. I don't want to be that person. So if you're in recruitment, look at yourself and think, you know, am I the type of person who likes people? Because if I'm not, it's probably not the right job. <laughs> um, if I yeah. like, if I'm, if I'm the guy that sits there at the weekend and I'm thinking I want to get people together and I, you know, I, I think they, you know, we'd have a really good night out. And also, you know, he'd like him, they'd get on. Let's put them to, I, I used to put, I, I know relationships I've put together because I've gone, you're going to like each other. You know, Love you're going to get on. Like I, I kind of, I used to imagine putting two people in a room all the time without knowing it. Um, so if you're a natural connector of people, you can get paid a shitload and have a really good career by doing it. Um, but it's having patience and it's understanding that it's simple. It's about knowing both sides of the fence as well as you possibly can and being a, a genuine person that they can they can lean on. And, and it's simple as that. I love it, man. And I think that uh, that comes through with the podcast, comes through with all of your, uh, your content as well. I know Kevin just said, if you don't like people, why are you in recruitment? Preach. Yeah, big facts there. Well, Sean, where can people reach you? Where's the best place to reach you? How do you want people to reach you? And, just LinkedIn, uh, yeah. Just LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm stepping into Clubhouse like you. So Sean Hoxo is my name, S-E-A-N Hoxo, H-O-X-O. Got it tattooed right there in case I forget. Um, nice, nice. That was, a, that was a drunken day in Thailand, but we'll you better add that. you better add USA under the bottom of yeah, that. Yeah, too. no, you've got to get Hoxo next month. That's, part <laughs> that's your that's your uh, appraisal at month end of month too. Uh, but 
No, so uh, just LinkedIn, man. It's the best place. I, I'm on it all the time. I'll reply to you if you've got any questions or you want to know anything. Equally, just if you want to just see what I'm up to, and and you know, I'm always giving away free stuff, free value. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's about helping people. Um, and and please listen to the rag. You know, we're on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. We're LinkedIn Live Mondays at uh, Wednesdays at one thirty in the UK. So early morning for a lot of you guys. But it's on, it's on the Hoxo Media feed all day, right? So yeah. Um, but subscribe to The Rag through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and I'm sure you'll get a lot of value, some wicked conversations so far. Yeah, 100%, man. Well, everybody check out The Rag, and then, uh, thank you to Huxo Media for sponsoring the Headhunter Hideout. Thank you to Sean for being here. Awesome to hear your story, and uh, anyone who uh, anyone who's looking for help with personal branding, definitely reach out to Sean or I. Uh, you know, we've got a great product with the Academy. We're talking about two guys here that, Maybe maybe haven't you know learned the traditional way, but we've been practitioners. I think we just got the Shield app, and uh, it's quite surprising when you look at how many views we're getting, uh, you know, combined and as an organization. So reach out to us, reach out to us on on LinkedIn, um, and check out the Rag as well. So Sean, I appreciate it, man. We're gonna end this session, and anyone who's listening to the podcast, we're gonna have links for all this as well. So uh, subscribe to the podcast. Keep following uh, the LinkedIn lives and we're going to keep the show going here next Monday with another guest and we'll have announcements for that on Friday. So appreciate you, Sean. And we'll, uh, I guess we'll, me and you will talk real soon. Thank you. See appreciate you it. Cheers, man.